Mark chapter 10, 42 to 45, says those recognized as leaders of the people and those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not the example you are to follow. You are to lead by an entirely different model. If you want to be the greatest, then live as one called to serve others. The path to promotion comes by having a heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served. That's awesome, just that. But the Son of Man came to serve everyone and to give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of men. So one of the foundational principles of the Jesus style of leadership, and we will develop this in much more detail in the academy, but one of the foundational principles is servant leadership. Do you know that's the only model Jesus taught? It's the only model there is. There's no other model. Forget your five points of being the dynamic alpha dog leader for your corporation. Forget it. That's the world. Jesus couldn't be more clear in stating that, look, leadership in the world will end up in oppression. Look at governments. When you get power, when you get authority, you get a measure of leadership, it's like a, it's not enough. And the heart that wants to find their identity as a leader rather than as a servant they're going to be grasping for more. They're going to want to take more from the people. And it happens in the political arena. Of course, we can all see that in politics. But the problem is we don't realize that it's infected the church. And we encircle ourselves with people that insulate us, no matter. There, there are leaders right now living in immorality, but are encircled by leaders who are covering up for them. That whole thing just, it's like mafia. What kind of model of leadership has the church embraced? I can tell you it isn't the Jesus model. And I love the church. I've started churches. I've pastored churches. I speak in churches. I love pastors. They know that. So I'm not that guy that is just unplugging from the church, deconstructing. No, I'm not. I'm not deconstructing in any way. But I am saying whatever influence I have, even if it's a thimble full, I don't care. But I'm saying we've got another model of leadership that we must step into for this last day's awakening because the Gen Z generation is not going to be bullied. They're not going to be pushed around by alpha leaders that have my way or the highway that insist that you hang out under their covering for 20 years before you can do anything, but rather empowering leaders. Jesus sent out 70 knucklehead disciples shortly after he called them to be with him. It wasn't that long, less than a year. He sent them out, less than a year. He said, now you go and you do everything you've seen me do, kingdom, teaching, deliverance, healing, 
evangelist, you do it. Go. And to make it even more intense, he picked, he sent him out two by two, right? I guarantee you, he picked the person that they didn't get along with, the two people that fought and could not like each other. Those were the two he paired together. He sent them out two by two. Oh, our master himself. He knew that if they could cast out the devil between them, then they could cast out the devil around them. And relationship, it's relational leadership. And he was teaching them how to be leaders long before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. For They had to wait another two years before they got the Holy Spirit. But yet he let them taste leadership, ministry. He sent them out. He empowered them long before they were ready. Now, who is doing that in the church today? Who's saying, come and join our church and start another one? Come and join, come and be a part, and then go out and, and do it, uh, whether we like it or not, just come and do it. We told people that when they joined our church. We had 50, 60 people joining as members a month. We had small, like equal to a small church joining our church every single month. And I'd tell them, they would weep in front of me. I'd say, you're here to do ministry. We'll equip you. You're the ministers. We're the administers. You're going to go and do the works of Jesus. We're just here. We get to meet with you occasionally on Sundays, weekends, but you are going to be the one that brings the gospel to your family, that heals the sick and helps others find the path to God. That's got to be the model, friends. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. Jesus didn't rebuke his disciples when they argued over who was the greatest. He didn't rebuke them for that. He rebuked them for the way they were doing it. You can't cast out the desire to advance your life. That's God has put that in you. God has made you hungry to go forward, to advance. And if we use the word promotion or, or a favor or increase, there's nothing wrong with that. But how do we get there? What's the path to glory? What is the path to promotion? What's the path to being the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus made it clear. You got to be the servant of all. Good old country western song. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you got to learn to be the servant of all. I love it. So Jesus exemplified through his actions. I just discovered, I don't know why it took me so long, but I just discovered in my studies for tonight to prepare in John 13, where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. You know what they were doing just before he washed their feet? They were arguing over who's going to be the greatest. If you compare Matthew 23 with the Passover celebration, it even says that they'd already started the Passover. When G in John 13, they'd already begun the Passover when Jesus got up and washed their feet. John doesn't say what took place before, but Matthew does. And if you compare Matthew and John, these 12 guys were arguing over who is going to be the greatest the night before Jesus is going to be crucified. He told them three times clearly, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to rise again on the third day. They couldn't get it. So they're still thinking in the world's term. If you watch this on YouTube, you would laugh. 
it would be so crazy. And then you would cry because they're arguing over, John, I know you get a lot of vision. You're probably thinking you're going to be the greatest, but hey, I'm Peter. Listen, I was the first one to say you are the Christ. I'm the first one that got that revelation. You think you see stuff in the spirit. I was the first one. And they're arguing over who's going to be the greatest. Every one of them chimes in. Nathaniel, Thomas, Andrew, arguing. Jesus gets up, pours water into a basin. Nobody had washed their feet before they came in. And Jesus went around one by one, and he gave them the example. This is how you become great in the kingdom of God. And he washed their stinky feet. Ugh. Come on, chosen. Let's get that sinking in to people. Have them arguing. They need to have me like a consultant for the chosen. I would love that. And I know I'm being uh, vain in saying that, but I just see so many nuances in the gospels. And that's one of them. Ugh. I don't think we argue about who's going to be the greatest. We keep it secret. I think we just kind of stuff it down and we compare and we criticize and we, I can do better than that. I could do better than that. And those attitudes, they become fungus in our soul that keeps us from the healthy, vibrant servant heart that Jesus wants to develop in us. So when he humbled himself and washed feet, he was showing them the importance of putting others first, other needs above their own. He served them with genuine care and compassion. Can you imagine the hands of Jesus that are about to be nailed to a cross, the hand of Jesus rubbing water over their feet with his own hands, washing their feet, and then drying them with a towel? one by one, looking them in the eyes. No doubt he said, if not verbally, he said it with his eyes, I love you, and I serve you. Jesus came with no expectation of being served, but to be a servant. We had celebrity preachers come to our church after our church grew. I didn't have to ask. They called me. They wanted to come, and some of them would send what they call a writer. They would send a before they come, they'd have a list, two or three pages at times, of what they expected. Not just bottled water, Fiji water in the room, or not just nuts and fruit. They'd give you the brand and specifics. And we got into that. We wanted to serve. We wanted to love them and honor them. But that was then. I just think 2023 and going forward, we're in a total new day, friends. I don't think the celebrity preacher, is going to survive what's coming, the shaking, the sifting, the threshing floor, the God's putting people's hearts onto the threshing floor. It's happening to me. The dreams that I have at night, they warn me, they sift me, they test me, they reveal my heart, they show me God is so gracious to you that he'll speak to you in your dreams and maybe in your sleeplessness. He'll speak, he'll whisper, he'll tell you, this is my ways I want you to walk in. And I feel the whole body of Christ is being sifted right now. The prophetic movement, the word of faith movement, the apostolic movement, the evangelist movement, the teaching, whatever movement you're part of, God is sifting hearts. 
And it's all going to boil down to will we be the Jesus style leader? And to be 100% honest, full disclosure, what I really want to do in this leadership academy is disciple you. Because to be a leader is to be a follower. And you can't be a leader if you're not a follower. And it's not leadership as much as it is followership. What does it mean to walk in the steps of the Savior? To weep when he weeps, to care for the hurting, to honor the disenfranchised, to go after those that have been marginalized and set aside. So many times we come into a room, we want to connect with that important person. We want to find ourselves next to them. We want to shake their hand. We want to look them and talk to that one leader, important person, where Jesus, when he comes into the room, he goes after the hurting, the neglected, the one with the deepest need. I love that Zechariah 12 scripture, Zechariah 12, 8 to 10. It says, the weakest one among us will become like David. That's what's going to happen in these last days. We're going to become giant killers, maniacs for God. We're going to dance with all our might before his presence. We're going to be even more undignified. Who cares? The greatest leader of Israel, David, and yet who cares? He didn't care if everybody said, you're a king. How can you dance like you're undignified? How about some undignified women and men of God? that walk in propriety. I understand that, what's proper and ethical and pure, but who cares the impression we make if we're serving God and others with our passion, with all our heart. Friends, that will build a memorial in heaven, not because you had a huge mailing list and you had a wonderful platform ministry and you were often found with a microphone in your hand in front of thousands. No. Because you touched one life, you brought healing to one forgotten soul. You brought the gospel where it had never been before. Those are the things that build memorials in heaven. Gosh, I haven't even got halfway through the first page of my six pages of notes here. Mary, the mother of Jesus, passed on to him a legacy of a servant. In a sense, Mary discipled Jesus, in a sense, because Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus, the first glimpse we have of her is saying to God, saying to Gabriel, whatever he says, I'll do it. Whatever he wants, I'll do it. That's a servant. Mary has, the Protestants don't honor her. And I know Catholics pray to her, but come on, can't we Protestants at least honor the mother? If we honor our own mother, what, how about honoring the mother of our Lord Jesus? And the example she set before Jesus of a leader, of a servant, of someone that'll do whatever God says, she knew it would cause cultural displacement. She knew that it would cause persecution, that it, would, it could ruin her engagement. She knew all of that, but nothing could trump the doing whatever God had for her. That's the example Jesus was brought up in. That's the model. And I've said it before, but Jesus taught no other model than servant leadership. This is the only type of leader there is in the eyes of Jesus Christ. 
is a servant leader.